listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Can we give the Lord another hand uh, just to honor Him and to welcome Him in this place? I know that He is already here even before we stepped into this auditorium. Uh, we also would like to welcome those of you who are joining us online. My name is Pastor Ariel. If we haven't met before, I'm one of the pastors of this congregation. And uh, it is such a joy and a refreshing sight to see familiar eyes, not faces, but eyes, uh, here on site. And uh, I believe that you uh, who are joining us online are definitely excited also to have the same experience that we are all experiencing here. And today we are ending our series on Abide. And I hope and trust that you have been learning something in the past few weeks. How many of you have been learning something in the past uh, weeks about the word Abide or about the series Abide? And I, I'm trusting that the Lord is ministering to all of us. And I, I do hope that even as we end our series today, this concept or this idea of Abide will not end but we will actually bring this on forever as we live on in our lives. Because how many of you know that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing? We are constantly abide with Him. And so, just to give us a quick recap of uh, the series, for those of you who are joining us also online, and you can actually go and visit our YouTube and uh, our Facebook uh, for all the previous uh, preachings. We started off by talking about Jesus being the Word that became flesh. And that he lived among his people. And how many of you know that very much he is able to relate with what you and I are going through. Uh, he is 100% God. But at the same time, he became 100% man, human being, just like you and me. Uh, he also talked about the word of God giving us life. And we know that the real life, not just the foundation that we have. Okay, we're celebrating real life. But the real life that we have really comes from Jesus. That, you know, we live and move and have our being because of the purpose, because of the calling of God. And, you know, I believe that we get to wake up today. How many of you are grateful that you woke up this morning? Please, please raise your hand, okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the, the breath that we breathe. Thank you for the system in our body that's still functioning because we are alive. Yes, He's sustaining us. He's giving us life. But not only physical life. He also gives us eternal life. And how many of you know that our life here on earth is temporary? Everybody say temporary. Temporary. Everything that we see here on this planet, in this world, it's temporary. But yet Jesus gives us eternal life. It goes beyond this life that we have here. We also talked about uh, the word feeding us daily. And I want to encourage you to continue to feed your soul, your spirit with the Word of God every single day. How many of you love to eat? I, I'm raising my hand, okay? We love eating, okay? You're not a Filipino if you don't like to eat, okay? We, as Filipinos, we love food, okay? We, we find an excuse to celebrate anything just so that we can eat. Come on now. But if we're so committed to eating physical food, can we also commit ourselves to eating the spiritual food that our soul and our spirit needs daily? Don't just feed yourselves once a week. Look at the person beside you and tell the person, hindi ko yon. How many of you know that if you feed yourselves once a week, you're going to be <laughs> you're gonna be malnourished spiritually? But we're called to daily take in the Word of God because Jesus Himself said He is the bread of life. You know, we don't come to just survive. You know, man does not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's what life is all about. This is the essence of living. And I believe that, yes, we have gone through so much difficulty in this pandemic, but how many of you know that somehow God allowed us to pause, maybe, to stop in our busyness so that we can actually realize what is essential and what is important in life? You know, we have been working from home, we have been studying from home, we have been stuck at home. And, you know, many times you get bored already. That's why nowadays, you know, after all this, you know, uh, Omicron surge and level two has now been declared, 
people have been going out already. But yet, I believe that God deposited something in us, and I'm trusting that God has deposited something in us, that we will continue to rely on the Word of God to, to feed our spirits every single day. The Word sets us free. We talked about that also, that the, you, know, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Free from what? Free from sin, free from bondage, free from the cares of this world. You know, we're not to be slaves of sin, but we need to serve God as our master, slaves of righteousness. And there's freedom every time you come to Him and obey Him and follow Jesus as His disciples. And last week we talked about the word allowing us to bear fruit. And how many of you know that the Father is always glorified every time His disciples, and that's us, you and me, and those of you who are watching online, every time we bear fruit, God is glorified. Amen. And God is pleased every time. You know, Jesus was one time walking with his disciples, and there's the fig tree did not bear fruit. And, you know, how many of you know that the story goes on that he cursed the fig tree because of its fruit, fruitlessness? You know, the other day I was walking around the village, and um, as I went back to our house, uh, I'm not sure if I shared this before. Maybe you, have, uh, you can recall that I shared that my wife planted a mango tree. No, she actually ate a mango and then planted the seed in our backyard. And out of that came a mango tree. And now our mango tree, after many years, have been bearing fruit year in and year out. And I was so pleased. You know, I was, this is a picture I took uh, the other day. And, you know, our mango tree is just February, is starting to bear fruits. And you know, this brought so much joy in my heart. And I shared a picture with my wife. And she was talking about, wow, first fruits. And I said, yeah, but the birds are actually getting ahead of us. <laughs> because I guess the Heavenly Father feeds them and takes care of the birds. And we're generous enough to give what is theirs. And we enjoy what's left. Of course, you may say, Pastor, lagay mo ng plastic. Yeah, pwede. Can you imagine, you know, I, I can imagine the joy of the Father. If, if I have joy, just looking at a mango tree bearing fruit, can you imagine the joy of our Heavenly Father when He sees you and me bearing fruit? Wow. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And today we're ending in this series, and this is known to be the, the priestly prayer of Jesus. And I'd like to invite you to stand and open your Bibles. For those of you who are here on site, open your Bibles to John chapter 17. And for those who are joining online, uh, you may go ahead and open to the book of John chapter 17. We'll be reading from verse 9 until verse uh, 18. John 17 9 to 18. Let's begin from verse 9. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one. Everybody say, be one. Even as we are one. Everybody say, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction." that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them. Everybody say, sanctify them. 
Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Let's all read verse 18, 1, 2, 3. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our time today. That as we study your scriptures, that you would indeed nourish our, our souls and our spirits and give us a greater understanding of how much you care for us, how much you love us, and your purpose for us, why we're here, sent out to a dying world. Allow us, Lord God, to be fruitful disciples so that ultimately we will glorify you as our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. All right, as I said earlier, this is um, known to be the priestly prayer of Jesus. In fact, this huge chunk in the scripture, in the book of John, if you have a red letter Bible, uh, my Bible is all red right now. Because this is, you know, and how many of you are familiar that when the Bible is in red, those are the words of Christ. And this is the prayer of Jesus before he went to the cross. He was praying to the Father on behalf of the disciples. He was praying for the disciples, the first batch, who are with him, walking with him, but yet we did not read the passage later on in verse 12 onwards. He's actually praying for those who are yet to believe. Jesus, before he went to the cross, how many of you that he has been praying for you and me? How many of you, don't you feel honored and grateful that Jesus already thought about you and me? He knew for a fact that you and I will become his disciples, that we will believe in his name. Amen. And your name is written. Look at the person beside you. Okay, look to your right. Look to your left. That person. Okay, that person. You will be that per with that person for eternity. I'm not sure if that's good news. I hope it's good news, right? <laughs> but Jesus has been praying for his disciples. Even before he went to the cross, he was crying out to the Father. And he was asking the Father, Lord, keep them safe in your name. May they be one. May they be separated from the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Send them out to the world. How many of you know that we are the salt and light of the world? We are, right? But how many of you know that we are not supposed to stay in the salt shaker? We are to go out and spread our saltiness. In the world because God is sending us to the world. We're going to talk about that in a bit. And I want to talk about four things. I normally talk about three things, right? Don't worry, this is not a long sermon, okay? Four points. Four prayers. Four prayer points of Jesus in this passage. Number one, he was praying. He said, I'm praying for them. Uh, sorry. Prayer. Okay. He said, the first is safe from the evil one. He was praying for safety from the evil one. Praying for safety from the evil one. And this was his prayer, just to uh, recap. I am praying for them. And who is them here? Not us yet, okay? These are the first disciples. We will come in in the 20th verse. But, this has implication and application for all of us as well. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world. He's interceding for the disciples. But for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Verse 10, all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. Jesus was taking the time to pray for the disciples in the upper room. And he was praying for safety from the evil one. And he was talking about, you know, uh, even his deity here. 
If you look at verse 10, it says, all, are, all mine are yours and all yours are mine. How many of you said this to your spouse? What is mine is yours and what is yours is yours. Luge, <laughs> no? But Jesus is talking about what the Heavenly Father has given to him and is basically revealing himself again as God. What is all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. It speaks of the deity of Jesus being the Son of God that he is co-equal with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, co-existent. It speaks of them being one in essence, one in nature, one in power, one in will. And somehow there is mutual ownership here. That when Jesus has been walking with his disciples, they were not just the disciples of the Son of God. They were the disciples of the Father. All of them. Yes, they are followers of Christ, but ultimately they belong to the Father. What belongs to the Son belongs to the Father. This just proves of the deity of Jesus, that He is the Son of God. How many of you believe that Jesus is God Himself? And that is the essence of Christianity. To those who receive Him, to those who believe in His name, He gave the rights to become children of God, John chapter 1. The essence why we're called Christians or believers is because what do we believe in the first place anyway? This is the very essence of our faith. Jesus is the Son of God. If there's any religion or any ideology that tries to disprove that Jesus is the Son of God, that is a false religion. Amen. This is the very thing that we stand for, that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 11, it says, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. How many of you are still in the world and you're not in Mars? Jesus is talking about his journey. He is about to go back to the Father. But yet his disciples, the first batch, and all of us will remain in the world. And he said this, I am coming to you. Holy Father, what's the next phrase? Keep them in your name which you have given to me, that they may be one, even us, we are one. He's asking the Father, Lord, keep them safe. You know, God, I believe, is committed to our safety, not just safety physically. How many of you sometimes still get sick and still, you know, have mishaps or maybe an accident or Maybe you're lifting weights and you accidentally sprain your ankle or whatever. But he's talking about safety from the evil one. That he will not be able to take us out from the Lamb's book of life. Safety in our eternal status as children of God. Born again. And he's praying also that they may be one. Just as the Son and the Father are one. You know, I want to first put an emphasis here. Yes, God is committed to seeing us safe, but He also emphasized the oneness here. He's actually praying, Lord, may they be one. Give them unity. He's praying for us to be united just as Him and the Father are one, that they will be united both in their love for one another and in the proclamation of the truth. You know, being one does not mean being uniform with each other. How many of you know that there's unity in diversity? That we can be different, but yet we can still be one? How many of you appreciate the difference that you have with your spouse, for those of you who are married? That you're not exactly the same, that you have different personality, 
How many of you appreciate the fact that, you know, as parents, we have different personality types of our children? But that doesn't mean that even if they're different, that they are not united. Unity does not mean uniformity, and diversity does not have to be fragmented. And you know, nowadays, we are so familiar with what you call the cancel culture. How many of you are familiar with the cancel culture? Sino na na-cancel dito or nag-cancel? Back in the day, I think uh, our term there is you have been erased. <laughs> the eraser, not the eraser heads. But the eraser. But nowadays, cancel culture. It's prevalent today. People treat each other with disposable relationships like withdrawing support or canceling one another because of what the other has said or done that is not acceptable to you. And then you cancel it. This is so prevalent in the showbiz industry that if you don't like a certain artist because of what he or she said or what the statement that that person uh, has mentioned, then the world would cancel that person from their screen or from virtually, you know, from whatever, okay? And end their career. Me. We be one, just as you and I are one. This is the prayer of Jesus. We're now nearing our elections. And how many of you have your own personal preference for a candidate? Ito na si Pastor. Mamamalo si Pastor. Church, it's not worth being divided just because we have different preferences of candidates. Our Savior is not a certain candidate. We will not find salvation or a cure for our nation just because you have voted for this specific candidate and your brother voted for another candidate. You're going to hate him or cancel him. You know, nowadays, you know, we feel so much heat because of the campaign. I received a message the other day and asked me, Pastor, are you supporting this candidate? And I said, that's for my consumption. <laughs> but I had to explain why I am rooting for such. But I'm not endorsing anyone here and going to use my pulpit to be able to say that let's go for this candidate and not for the other candidate. Because sometimes we feel that, you know, if we have one Holy Spirit, doesn't the Holy Spirit speak to you and me in the same terms? Have you, have you ever asked that question? Diba isa lang Holy Spirit natin? Bakit iba yung sinasabi sa'yo ni Lord at iba yung sinasabi sa akin ni Lord? At ibig sinasabi kay Pastor Bodhi, ibig sinasabi kay Pastor Chico or Pastor Jonathan. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 29-29, it says, the concealed things is for the glory of God, but the revealed things is for our glory. I don't know what's in the heart, in the will of God. But the Apostle Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 13. That every leadership and institution has been placed there by God. Period. And we are to pray for whoever is there, sits there. And we are to participate by voting. We are to preach righteousness. Don't preach about your candidate. Preach the truth of the word of God. And we're also asked to protest if we're against anything that is not acceptable in accordance to the laws and the truth of God's Word. That is our role as a church. Not to divide. Not to fight one another. Because can you imagine, during this campaign we're fighting, but what happens after the election? Now we're going to go back to our brother and say, Sorry ha. Peace. You could have done that for it in the first place. 
Let's not divide. But let's pray. We're not to fight each other, but we're to fight with, together with one. Because we have one common enemy. The one is here prayed is the unity. May we become one, just as the Father and the Son are one. You know, Paul gives some explanation about this in Philippians. And if I may read from the message translation, this is actually very detailed and very dramatic in the way it was written. The message translation goes like this. If you have gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, look at the person beside you. The Apostle Paul was, you know, really straight here. If you care, do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. We're to be humble. We're to serve. We're to preserve the unity in the faith. Even the Apostle Paul talks about this, you know, to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We love peace, right? But are we peacekeepers? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If we are truly abiding and united with Christ, then we would have unity with one another. I mean, we're talking about this truth of abiding in Christ, abiding in the vine. And if we're walking really with the Lord, then one of our priorities is to be united with one another. Let's read verse 12, okay? Sorry, the picture okay. Verse 12 talks about this. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given to me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. The prayer here is that the disciples would also be kept and be guarded. As I said earlier, it's not just about God being our security guard. How many of you know that Jesus is our Savior, not our security guard? But sometimes we have this concept that, Lord, since you are praying this, then nothing bad will happen to me. Or I'm not going to have any problem. Or my world will be perfect because I'm not going to be sick. I'm always going to have breakthrough with my finances. There's not going to be any problem. But how many of you know that Jesus was praying for his disciples and he said, I'm telling you this thing so that you may, in me, you may have peace. Because in this world, you will have what? Problems. You will have trouble. You will have tribulations. In this world. How many of you are still in the world? We're still in the world, right? In this world, we'll have troubles. The other day, I think that was like Thursday, I was walking uh, to the office, I parked my car right there near the vaccination site. The mall was still closed. Uh, it was 9 a.m. And so I had to get a proof that I am a, you know, a staff of Victory. So I opened my bag from the car, opened my bag, took out my ID and put it on. But I didn't realize that I forgot to close the bag. So as I was walking in the mall, the, you know, it's, the mall was still closed. But there were people already in the vaccination site. And so the guard said, okay, just show me your you know, vaccination. And so I took a temperature and then I walked inside the mall. And so I was walking here, still closed, reached my office. And I didn't realize that my bag was open until later on. And then during the day, I was looking for some cash and I couldn't find my wallet. <clears throat> And I called my daughter, can you check if my wallet is at home in my, on my desk in mom's room? She couldn't find it. And I was tracing it. I went to the car, couldn't find it. 
And I waited for another day. Maybe it's just in the car. Lord, alam ko nandito lang yun. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes. Lord, nandito lang warit ko. And I was really positive. Lord, I know that you're gonna, it's just gonna be there. A day passed, couldn't find it. And then I started worrying because in my wallet is my driver's license, my ATM cards, and several credit cards. I said, if that person who got this, and some cash, nice cash, <laughs> because I just came from an ATM, uh, ATM machine before the night before. And so I was asking, Lord, mabalik lang sana yung maski na yung cards ko. Maybe the person who got it or who picked it needed the money. So I was looking at that. Perspective. But I was a bit worried that, you know, baka mamaya gamitin online shopping. Mamaya maglasada na dun sa makita ko na lang charge to, you know, went to Power Mac, bought an iPad or whatever. Ah! I was kind of, you know, so I frantically, not frantically, but, you know, I started calling. Until yesterday, I was calling the banks and, you know, I was requesting for... But anyway, the whole point of that story is, should I blame the devil because I lost my wallet? Should I blame God for not guarding me in losing my wallet? Should I ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, convict that, you know... I want to just submit to you this. You know, I could not blame God at all for my irresponsibility and my negligence. I've learned this morning when I went down from the parking, I opened my bag again, and then I said, I'm going to close it <laughs> before I walk inside the mall. It taught me a lesson. What's our theology of the evil one? Do you think that God will not allow anything wrong to happen in our life? When Jesus was praying for this, he was talking about our eternal life. Keep them from the evil one that they may not be tempted. This is the Lord's prayer that he was teaching us. Keep us not, lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, right? He was talking about that area, not just, yes, he is a hedge of protection around us. In the book of Job, he was like that, but yet God allowed the enemy to also lift up his hedge on Job and allow him to be tested if he would have faith. How many of you know that problems are normal? Please raise your hand. How many of you have problems right now as we speak? Please raise your hand. Whatever problem, small problem, pastor, you are my problem. No, I'm not talking about that, okay? Uh, whatever problem, okay? Maybe a financial problem, a little, you know, you, you know, you got a sprain or whatever, okay? You got a bit of a problem. But you know what? Problems are, I believe, are the mechanisms that God uses for us to have faith in Him. You look at the children of Israel. Every time they're being blessed, they always forget God. They always go back to idolatry and rebellion. And then God allows the invaders to come to them. And then they cry out to God again. And they humble themselves. Problems are indicators or mechanisms that allow us to rely more on and depend more on God. The truth is, sometimes you don't feel the presence and the protection of God, right? I was reminded of the story of this little boy who was about to sleep in his room and it was dark and his dad was still with him accompanying him in that room and you know it was pitch black and the boy said dad i'm so scared and here's what the father said don't be scared in the dark because my faith my, my face is turned towards you and the boy was able to sleep that night you know, sometimes, even if you feel like we don't sense God, He's never absent. God's face is directed towards you. And that's exactly what we normally pray for every time we have a benediction, right? You know, and may uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn His face 
Tojin Guan to you. Peace. How many of you know that the God that we serve has turned his face towards us so that every day we can have peace? Come on now. Okay, we give the Lord a, a hand for that. His face is directed towards us. That's securing. Even when he hides his face sometimes, it doesn't mean that he is absent in our situation. And sometimes he allows us to just go through the dark. It doesn't mean that God is not walking with us. We were just singing the song earlier. I'll never walk. That's a song, okay? I'll go with you because you're always with me. When we had a vacation, we took the plane going to the U.S. for Christmas. And from Narita to LAX, I was sound asleep, and my wife and my uh, I'm not sure if my children were sleeping also, but there was like a two-hour-long turbulence in the plane. As in like a drop of maybe, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 feet. Boom. And my wife felt so much vulnerability, and she was crying out to the Lord, Lord, is this it? And he's looking at us, the family, at least I'm with them. <laughs> but is this Lord? Is this it? And God somehow comforted them, her after that. But I was deeply asleep. <laughs> I don't know what happened. For two hours, I was reminded of this scripture in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. It says, but now says the Lord who created you, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. For I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And when the flames, and the flames shall not consume you. And when turbulence heat, uh, hit, do not be worried. God is with us. Second, oh no, I'm still on second point. Thank you, Lord. safe or separate from the world. This is separate from the world. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Now this is talking about us as believers. Now that we are saved, we have a new nature. Though we are still in the world, we are no longer of the world. How many of you get the drift? Jesus is talking about he have come, he has come to the world, but he is not from the world. He comes from a different reality because he's God. But yet now, after us putting our faith in the Lord. We're no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer serving the sinful nature. We have now been partakers of the divine nature. In Christ, we are partakers of the divine nature. We are now children of God. Look at the person beside you. That is a child of God. Wow. We're children of the King. We may be here on this planet, in the world, but we are not of this world anymore. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, but our citizenship is in where? Is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we are saved, we are given an eternal passport. Some people nowadays, they pray to become a citizenship, a citizenship, a citizen of another country. They apply for like a, you know, a, a green card or what. And nothing wrong with that. You desire to have better benefits. You desire to be a citizen of this first world nation. Nothing wrong with that if that's God's plan for you. But how many of you know that we have a better citizenship than being a citizen in Canada or whatever or Australia? We are citizens of heaven. Come on now. We have been given an eternal passport. And that passport will never expire. You don't have to line up in DFA anymore or go to the embassy and apply. The moment that you have put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
you have been given a new citizenship in heaven. Amen. Come on now. That's our trajectory. That's where we're headed. As we live in this world, we are not to live like this world. We're to be different. We're salt and light. We're still here. We're still going to go to work tomorrow. We're still going to go to school. We're still going to interact with people who may not know God yet. But that's the essence of us being here in this world. We may still live here, but we are not from this world anymore. And being separated from the world is not much like about distancing ourselves from the world, but rather drawing close to God. You know, I don't want us to become weird and say, you know, I'm no longer of this world. Get away from me. I don't want to be dirty. I don't want to associate myself with the worldly people. No, Jesus walked with sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes. He was in the middle of that, but he did not participate in what they're doing. It's about us drawing closer to God. First uh, Peter chapter two verse eleven says, "Dear friends, I warn you. I'm just, I'll just read this from the NLT version. I warn you as temporary." residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. The caveat is this. We are not from this world, but God is allowing us to care for the world. God himself. How many of you know that John 3.16 talks about God so loved the world that he gave his son? So that he can save the world. God saved us from the world. And we are being sent back to the world. As I draw close, near, almost there, okay? Sanctified in truth. Another prayer of Jesus is that we are sanctified in the truth. He said this, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. How many of you know that the word of God is truth? This is the truth that we live by. And the only way to be sanctified is through the word. Many people today would say the truth is relative. And there's, there's no absolute truth. How many of you know that there is such a thing as absolute truth? And that is always based in the word of God. People would say, you know, you know this religion is actually better or that religion is better, you know. But the reality is, if this version of the truth does not align itself with the Word of God, there's something wrong there. How many of you know that there's only one true north? And if we say that, you know, north is here, and another person, no, no north is here. Another person says, no, no, north is here. How many of you that's going to create chaos? But the basis of us being united is, you know, Let's not talk about our opinions anymore. There's only one basis of the truth, and that is the real true north. God values truth. And we are to live by the truth. And we see that in different aspects of the Bible. He desires truth in the innermost being. Those who worship God must worship Him in what? In spirit and in truth. He values truth. We are to walk in the truth. We are to speak the truth in love. Ephesians talks about that. In Revelation 21, talks about there's not going to be any liars found in heaven. God desires truth in the innermost part. In fact, His Son of God is named, I am the way, the truth. And the life. Even the Holy Spirit is talked about, it's called to be the spirit of truth. The devil and the world has bombarded us with so many lies. And sometimes we're having a difficult time distinguishing between truth and lies. And this really started in the garden when the serpent said to Eve, Did God really say this? he started questioning the truth and the veracity of the Word of God. He's challenging the truth. 
How many of you know that even today, the devil is still challenging the truth of God's word? Did God really create us? Are, are we products of evolution? Did God really create just two genders, male and female? Are we also supposed to just be faithful with one wife? Can, salv can salvation just come because of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ? Did, did God really say that? The enemy would tend to question the truth. And as believers, we are to guard the truth. We are to be sanctified by the truth. It's the truth that's supposed to brainwash us from the lies. How many of you know that it's good to be brainwashed also? Because of the lies of the enemy, our brains need to be washed from the lies of the enemy. And we need to be deposited with the truth of the word of God. Amen. We're to live by the truth. Is the truth important to us? What do you do with the truth? Do you read it? Do you apply it in your life? The Bible says all scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. This leads me to my final point. Jesus did not just pray for safety for his disciples. He didn't just pray for us to be separated from the world. He didn't just pray for us to be sanctified by the truth. But he also prayed that all of us would be sent out on a mission. I'd like to call the music team to join me here on stage. I'm just about to close. I'm not closing yet, okay? But verse 18, it says, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And I believe that the purpose of this sanctification, this work of God in us, and how many of you are being sanctified every day? You're not perfect yet. You're being sanctified daily, right? We're being sanctified daily. The purpose of sanctification is so that we will be able to accomplish the mission that Jesus started here on earth. He went from heaven to earth. And he went back to the Father. And now he's saying to his disciples, I'm giving you this great commission. I'm empowering you to do the will of God. That you would go out with Jesus' authority. That's why the very last statement of Jesus before he went back to the Father is found in Matthew chapter 28. I love this series because this is talking about abide, but yet the application really is still about us being disciples of God. And he said, therefore, can we all read this out loud, the whole verse? Ready? One, two, three. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, God is sending us, all of us, not just the cross-cultural missionaries, not just the campus missionaries, not just the full-time pastors like me, but all of us. That person to your right and that person to your left. We're all being sent. Sent out for a mission. For those of you watching, you are being sent out of your home. Okay, Not right now, okay? But all being sent out. And God anoints us and this was found, you know, a strategic going out. We see this. Strategic going. Is Jesus wanted his disciples to go strategically. That's why he said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem. In Judea. In Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. Strategic going is what God wants for His disciples to have the early church. But yet somehow the church wanted to stay in Jerusalem. And so, from a strategic going, there was like a scattered going that happened. From Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it is now Acts chapter 8 verse 1. 
On that day, a great persecution broke against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. You know, kind of like they had a religious persecution during that time, but like the Filipinos today, you know, somehow we're feeling an economic persecution and God has brought us out of the Philippines and into the world. Many of us are going into the world. You may be still be here in the Philippines, but yet I believe God is sending you also on a mission. You may not physically go out, sent out, but God is sending us to reach out to our office mates, to our families who are not yet saved, to our classmates who don't know God yet. In your office, this may be a walk into the next room. Walk across the room. That is your mission field. Walk across another table. That is your mission field. You're being sent to that next table. Or if you're still working from home, it's not walk across the room, it's walk across the Zoom and reach another person there online. It is to my Father's glory that we all bear fruit, showing ourselves to be His disciples. Ultimately, Jesus saves us from the world and sends us back to the world so that we can be salt and light. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialabang.church.